Hello and welcome to session nine in our Raising Leaders program. As you know, we're working through the Vision Handbook and today we're in chapter eight, Cells for Mission. Also in the textbook for this program, People with a Passion, it's chapter 28. I'll say a little bit more about the resources that we have for you. But for now, I want you to remind you that the, the mission statement for Kensington Temple is London and the world for Christ. And uh, so it's not that we skip over the UK, that anything outside of London is international for us. It's more like the whole world comes to London. And uh, we situated in our church building in, in the heart of Notting Hill Gate, many, many, many multiracial, multicultural diversity and across, right across London. And so it's amazing. The nations come to us, but also we go to the nations. So I want to inform you today that the cell vision is a missional vision right at its very heart. It is mission focused. And so everything that we do, everything that we do is about mission. Going into the whole world, beginning in our Jerusalem, to preach the gospel and make disciples. Matthew's gospel, chapter 28, verse 19 says, Jesus is speaking and he says, all authority has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And the Greek word there for nations is ethne, ethne, where we get the word ethnic from. And we'll come back to that. And then in Matthew chapter 28, sorry, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Go all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That sounds like a very, very, very broad, encompassing, inclusive uh, statement. Global, global, all over the world. And so now in Kensington Temple uh, Network of Churches, KTLCC, and we last counted 119 different nationalities. So well over 100 different nations represented in our membership. So we find it easy to focus on international uh, ministry. So what often happens is like Wesley who said, the world is my parish. And he, he was just not going to be limited to one tiny geographical area around the parish as it was dictated by the Anglican Church of the day. He said, I'm going across parish. I'm going right across uh, the whole nation. And he went on horseback, traveling hundreds of thousands of miles throughout his lifetime. Now, we go beyond horseback. <laughs> we go to trains and planes uh, and many other ways. We also spend time in different nations. And so we can reach all over the world. We also have our live streaming capacity, which very recently has stepped up to the plate so that we could continue to minister as a church during the coronavirus lockdown. And now we are, are reaching all over the world. And so often what happens is this. People come to London and they are here for a while. Um, and maybe then they've been trained or their, their job or their contract has come to an end. Sometimes their visa uh, uh, it doesn't allow them to stay for, for a very long time. They go back to their own country or they move out of London. And so Kensington Temple, just by doing what we're doing, staying where we are, we are ascending church. And I want to encourage you that if you come into London and God uses you and God blesses you and, and for some reason he moves you on, 
not you going around like a wandering uh, star trying to find somewhere to rest. No, no, you flourish where you're planted. But when you, uh, for whatever reason, God uh, sends you on by the back to your own country or another country or somewhere else in the country, don't forget the cell vision. Take it with you and start to minister right where you are. So as well as people coming to us, we do go to them. I have, I'm wearing today the, the uh, barong, which is, which is traditional dress of the Philippines. It reminds me of many, many, many years. Uh, I did not get to the Philippines, and there are many Filipinos in the church. And a little while ago, a few years ago, I rectified that. And so uh, this is how it happens. We have people from different nations in the world that say, come to us. We want a Kensington temple where we are. We want the sword of the spirit where we are. We want you where we are. And so... Uh, gradually, we, we and other members of the team and church members as well pick up the opportunity uh, to go and to minister elsewhere. But we don't minister just by some kind of traveling, visiting ministry. We sow seed in different nations and we've got, I have no time today to tell you about the whole story of our missions, but we've had very clear words from the Lord about how we should operate in different parts of the world, French-speaking nations of the world, African, South American nations, and also into uh, nations where Islam is the dominant religion. And we find that we minister to people who have come to Christ uh, to, uh, from those backgrounds and, and we are there to help teach and train and we want everybody to be involved so what we say is every primary leader now just in case you don't don't know what I mean by a primary leader so um, we have I have a primary 12 uh, in the next session I'm going to talk about the principle of 12 and that is my leadership team and then they also each one of those developing their own leadership team which we call their primary 12 or, or my 144 my 12 and their 12 makes 144 it's just it's very simple um, anyway every primary leader and indeed every cell leader but particularly every primary leader on my team Amanda's team and other primary teams across the network we want them to adopt a kind of approved mission field in other words where we feel we are able to work together and so we've got many many a list of, of some of these places like like um, like um, Romania is, is, is one that comes to mind as well as Brazil and different places too in mainland Europe. And so it's, it's about pray, praying for missions, praying for the work overseas um, in, and in, in those areas and under our direction, uh, maybe raising some funds for that work. We don't allow cell leaders to do independent fundraising for any reason. That's financial accountability. We want to allow that but we are approved ways to raise funds for missions. And so also uh, those uh, team leaders can get together and um, research and network with other initiatives which are happening on the ground. And, uh, you know, it is very, very much my desire for every single person uh, in our ministry at one stage in their lifetime in our ministry to go to uh, um, actually to do join a missions team for at least uh, a week or two. And in this way, we're supporting local churches overseas through equipping, enabling and encouraging. And where appropriate, we initiate new strategies to, def uh, to influence the gospel, the spread of the gospel in a new a nation, a particular nation. One that comes to my mind is um, my um, uh, ministry to youth in Brazil, which was a, a whole new 
ministry, which we adopted uh, very, very recently. And it's a, a ministry right across the different uh, uh, places in Brazil, raising up young people. And then also the uh, church planting programs and um, church training programs, as well as Bible school uh, programs that we have. And so now, uh, also, we've got to understand that mission is not defined by uh, something that you do outside of your own country. <laughs> That's not the Bible understanding of mission. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So now, Historically, this actually began in the real Jerusalem, the physical Jerusalem. But for us, where we begin, it's kind of our Jerusalem. For the people in Jerusalem, we are the ends of the earth. But for us, uh, our other nations are the ends of the earth. And, and so we, we begin with our nation. We call it our Jerusalem. And we reach out in our Jerusalem, which would be London for most of us. And uh, We reach out to the giants of influence in society. We mentioned them in, in a former uh, podcast. Or we go into certain social groups. Social groups, which are kind of a group that needs so, some kind of of adaptation to, to reach them and a, maybe a specialized ministry. And there are people groups all over our city and country. There is a mission uh, field on our doorstep. And by people groups, I don't just mean the urban uh, people groups that have developed in London, but people also maybe Im immigrants or, 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 or people from different religions who have come and settled. There may be, you know, three or four generations in Britain. We don't consider them to be foreigners, but there are distinctive people group that we can reach. Then also age, religious background special interest groups, geographical locality, one block of flats or one part of a London borough. So when you're planting cells, think about this idea of a mission field right on your doorstep. And sometimes it's cross-cultural. Um, you know, when I, when I did uh, talking about my Pulso program, which is the ministry to youth in Brazil that I mentioned, um, you know, I had to really learn and did a lot of research to find out how to communicate to young people. Here was I in my 60s and these people in their in their 20s and, and speaking Portuguese, which I don't speak very well at all, but to learn how to communicate with them and to learn, I did surveys, we did television programs, all kinds of ways in trying to understand the mindset of the people that we're reaching. So don't think of, uh, you know, mission field as only being overseas. Think about it in your workplace. Remember, your occupation is the location of your true vocation, right? So right where you are, it's a mission field right where you are. And probably if you look around the office or look around your, your company, you'll find people from lots of different ethnic backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, they may be thoroughly, totally British because that's their passport and that's where they are, but there are roots in different nations with different cultures. And, and just imagine some of those people being able to go back to their own nations at some stage for missions. I mean, the opportunities are endless. So now we have this uh, uh, also this emphasis on overseas. Well, anything outside of London, the nation, and then different nations. So we pray for the mission fields, as I say. And also we, we determine how we can be most effective in a new situation and to break down barriers of communication. And then so in this way, we have a kind of 
devolved rather than a centralized approach to missions in the church. We just make sure that the, that the vision for mission doesn't run out of steam. We keep encouraging you to keep praying and going and growing. And of course, we need to coordinate everything. There are health and safety matters. There are all kinds of denominational issues that we must be aware of so that we are not just running off and doing our own thing and we fit into the global flow of what God is doing through the Elam Pentecostal churches worldwide. And so now, one of the aspects of this, and I want you to look up in uh, the um, People with a Passion book, I think it's around page 308, there is a little study on Count Zinzendorf and the Moravians. Now, they had a prayer meeting that lasted for 100 years, a continual, continual prayer, and out of that was birthed a missions program, which was one of the first great mission waves in more modern times. And so we know, too, that we have so much access. I study the Moravians because I was, my point I was making was, was prayer. When, when you really pray and pray for the mission field and out of that God will do something. So even if you're struggling, how am I going to plant my cell? This uh, program is nearly finished. I've, I, I'm still looking at how I can watch a few more podcasts and, and get this vision and teaching right. What can I do about planting my cell? So begin. You know, planting your cell is as much a mission's um, action as getting on a plane and traveling to the other side of the earth. Start right where you are. Build yourself, plant yourself. And how do you start? By praying. Pray. And then when you pray, you'll have a heart for the people that you're praying for and share the gospel with them. And so whether it is the, glo it, whether it's the village global or the global village, I mean, it's either way, the village global and you'll see the microcosm of the world here in London and on every street corner, or whether it is the global village. Everything that, that starts from here spreads to the world, and everything that's from the world can also be found here. Now, just a, a few brief words before we finish today about the wider missions challenge in our generation. And so now, uh, the, what I am quoting to you comes from the uh, World Christian Encyclopedia and various other sources. But I want you to take a look at this. This is what we call the 1040 window. So there we have a map of the world. And if you can see 10 degrees north of the equator and 40 degrees north of the equator, uh, there is this band. Now, what you need to see is that two-thirds of the world population lives within that geographical area, that 1040 window. And, and also, most of the world's poor, most of the world's unevangelized, and most of the world's populations that are more resistant to the gospel are found there, whether it's atheistic, animistic, Muslim, Hindu, or Buddhist. And so for many years, we have prayed into the uh, 1040 window, and we have uh, tried as much as we can to work uh, and focus on many of those areas. That's not to say anything south of 10 degrees north or north of 40 degrees north is of no interest to us. Of course not. We are very interested in 
uh, the, the, the former nations that belonged to the former Soviet Union and to Russia. We're looking at uh, broadcasting, uh, teaching right across Central Asia and, of course, um, South Saharan Africa and Central and South Saharan Africa. For, uh, sorry, I mean uh, the, sub, the southern part of the continent of Africa is vitally important to us. And, and of course, Indonesia, the Philippines, and Europe. And basically, it's the whole world. But the, the, as God helps us to focus on the uh, 1040 window, we will be looking at the unfinished task. It's in our generation to see if we can finish the task of reaching the world with the gospel. And so 28% of the world right now is without access to the gospel. There are people, we call them over the mountains. They have no access, cultural or, or ac access to the gospel or linguistic aspect or knowledge of the gospel. 28% of the world right now has no access to the gospel. And also 39.5% of people who belong to a, an ethne, that is a national, indistinguishable people group, they have no viable churches. No churches in their own language and culture, 39.5%. We have um, uh, a kind of 4,300 ethno-linguistic groups in the world that are, are, we would say, they're barely evangelized. They're least evangelized of all. And we have, in terms of those ethnic people groups that we're talking about, which is extended, maybe a tribe or a clan, uh, a distinctive ethnic people group, 6,721 of them in the world is unreached. And if we extend this to the concept of a Unimax people, a Unimax people is a unified group of people that is maximum in its scope, whereby the gospel can reach them without coming across any kind of barrier language barrier or social or cultural barrier. It's just a, a missiological term, Unimax people, and that's a, a maximum-sized group which is sufficiently unified to be the target of a single people movement to Christ. And so anyway, this Unimax peoples, there are 13,000 unreached Unimax peoples in the world today. I forget how many there are altogether, something like 30,000, I think, but 13,000. And this, this is amazing because just through in one missions initiative, the gospel can be planted in one of those Unimax people groups. And, and then the gospel can spread just like a ripple in a pond without any barrier, without any uh, uh, practical reason why it shouldn't go further. No social, cultural, ethnic uh, uh, um, reason, linguistic reason. And so we have to get together and do even more strategy and work, not just us on our own, but to work with other people who have a desire for missions, missions organizations, missions, uh, denominational missions initiatives, and our own missions initiative as a, 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 a large church that is capable of making a significant difference in the world over. Well, that's just a few thoughts about mission. Remember, this cells are for mission, whether it is a mission from your doorstep or right the way to the great giant steps that we might take in different parts of the world. God bless you as you pray and ask God for your role 
in his mission's strategy.